Welcome to Concession Impressions, a weekly podcast about impressions of movies. Bada boom. Bang. Bang. Drop. This has been the worst. Let the bodies so far. hit the floor. Let, Let the, the bodies, bodies hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, kind of, that's not at all a reference for this film at all. Uh, well, bodies did hit the floor, uh, but no, today we just finished watching Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, we just left the theater, the Burbank Theater again. You actually saw Batman this time. I did. I did notice Batman. Okay, perfect. So we're talking about the right theater. We just got into my car and I set up my mic and now we are recording for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Welcome. I'm not going to say it again. But as always, I am one of your hosts, Michelangelo White, and I'm with... Charles. Charles. Yep. Maybe I should just say Michelangelo next time. I think just do Michelangelo and Charles. Do you think Mick is a is kind of a weird name? Mick. Yeah. Yeah. Some people at work are trying to call me Mick, and I'm kind of like I've, it's, it's, it's a first for me, so I'm kind of not sure how to 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 take it. Pretty soon um, they'll be calling you Mickey. Honestly, Mickey would be kind of interesting. I, I couldn't. I wouldn't mind Mickey either. I, it, they're all new names. I usually get Mike or Michael. So you know, anything is maybe kind of welcome for a little while. Then I'll see if Just I like go it or not. Left field and start going by Angelo. That is one thing that I'll never do. Never. Okay. Yeah, I have another friend, Michelangelo, and he uh, he goes by Angelo normally. So I, I don't want to step in that territory. That's his. That's his name ballpark. I'll start with. The, I'll just keep with my uh, front half of my name. Anyways, bodies, bodies, bodies. Spoil free review. Would you recommend someone to go watch this film? I would. I would. Yes. I think if you are born in the last twenty years, you would love this film. <laughs> It's it's made for a modern audience, is my review. Interesting. It's a retold story through the lens of a millennial. A retold story? Okay. Okay. We'll yeah, get I'm, into see, it. <laughs> I'm getting like impression that you're you don't think you think the opposite of it. But okay, let me we'll get into I'm it, not of sure course. Yet. <laughs> okay, sure. I, I think I agree with that. It's a it's a it's a story that it, it's it, it has a lot. It has a strong allegiance to several genres. If that's mm-hmm. what you're. I'm saying about. that like the story. Well, I retold. Like, I guess maybe I don't know. Sometimes in the moment, I, I don't. I can barely speak English. So what I meant was that definitely this story is in terms of the genre, right? Like the kind of murder mystery has been done before, and it's been done again. Like this is just a another version of it you know Mm -hmm. i saw a lot of people talking about it like it was a slasher film which it really isn't at all it's a whodunit yeah i kind of well honestly my take on it first was like when i saw the trailer i was like all right this person during the pandemic discovered like most people among us and just played among us for like a year straight and was like, I should write this into a script. And then everyone was like, yeah, that's great. Let's get a big name behind it. Or like a not so big name, but someone will recognize it. Oh, Pete Davidson. Okay. And then they made the film pretty much. I'm going to sound really pretentious here. And I'm going to say that it's more inspired by uh, satires like the Decameron, which is a 15th century play. 15th or 16th Italian play. Anyway, and uh, Agatha Christie novels. I will say that I did get that vibe a little bit. But the thing is, I would rather, or like even the movies that were kind of directly, you know, from her books, like, and then there were none. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just watch that movie in a way. Or, I don't know. I-, I will get into it. I think it kind of, maybe I just feel 
old when I watch it. Like, I just feel like I didn't really... Connect. Like, it, it, every character felt too millennial to me. <laughs> so that's a question, because it's somewhere in between, I think, between millennials and Gen Z. Like, it's like the young millennials are the oldest Gen Z. That's who this, that's who these people are. Except yeah. for the one guy played by Lee, play, Lee Pace, who's the old vet. <laughs> yeah, the old vet. Uh, but be- before, should we, I guess, like, I kind of want to start saying things, but I don't want to spoil anything. So before right, we good. get into it, just, I would say, I already said my answer. If you're young, you'll like this film. I think if you're older, you'll still like the film, but I think a lot of you it You might be- not get it. I think there's a lot of, like, jokes that are, like, kind of young, you know? Uh, well, they're they're self-referential jokes. Like they're making fun of young people. Yeah, yeah. Like you can tell the writer is young, and they're making fun of kind of. They're apparently trendy. not as young as you would expect. Oh, okay. I did look that up. I did actually look that up too because I was kind of curious, and I didn't look at their age. But it seems like that was a interesting thing. Okay, so all the actors enough are said. Young. Yes, all the <laughs> actors are young except for Lee Pace. Who again is playing an He's older playing feller? An older weird guy. So the one older guy that's in every young person's party. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I you'd say go watch it. I'd say it is a must watch for this year. Okay. I really enjoyed it. All right. You well, you heard it here first, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our spoiler free review. Let's go into the uh, nitty gritty. Let's reveal who the killer was. Dun, dun, dun. It was in all of us all along, <laughs> in a way, right? Sort of. Yeah. Everyone and no one was the killer, in it, kind of in a way, which I kind of did like a little bit. Yeah. But I like the trope of of like the all of us did it or all of us had a piece in it killer trope. Yeah, which is very Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie novels often have multiple people who are in some way involved in the killings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's true. But the thing is, like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just, like, I the movie was good and I just didn't want to like it. So I'm just kind of, like, trying to find reasons not to like it. But, like... How do you feel about, like, juvenilian satire? I guess I don't like it. Because from, from watching it and I'm just kind of, like... No, I, I don't know. The point... The thing I just don't like about it was it feels like it's going to be a normal thing from here on. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like, so, then I kind of want to go into a little bit of the writer here because I think it's kind of be, you know, important information for my point. And that is, I kind of looked up the writer because I was, like, kind of interested to see who wrote this script. And I saw that, like, this was pretty much their first screenplay. Mm Mm-hmm. And they didn't really write anything. They have, like, one short story that they wrote and was, like, huge online. And then they struck a deal for, like, a million dollars to write a book. And then they also got the deal to write some screenplays. And this is, like, their first screenplay. And from what I read from what the short story was about was, like, a modern telling of online dating. And... You know. I remember what it was called because I didn't look up the writer. Oh, I thought you said you looked up the writer. I looked up the director. Excuse me. Uh, so the writer... Sarah DeLapp. Yeah. As well as Kristen Rupenian, Chloe Okuno, and Josh Sharp. Oh, wait. And so, Aaron Jackson. Sorry. So then the story, not the screenplay. The story is by Kristen... Rupenian. Rupenian. And the screenplay is by Sarah DeLapp. So Kristen is the person I'm referring to in this situation. 
So they wrote a short story called Cat Person. And then I think from that, they kind of wrote a few things. She's um, 40. I, I guess so, yeah. But I mean, anyways, what I'm trying to say is that the kind of resonated with younger people because they said hey this kind of feels like how I feel with dating apps and with my experience as a younger person and I think this movie can kind of like it hits a lot of those points where it's like wow I feel like you know having a relationship or you know dealing with or you know, like the one girl who's like oh I have a podcast and then like oh I they're they're like I know their star sign but I don't know their last name or some of that you know like there's like all these things it's like oh, okay yeah if that's kind of how everyone talks right now and that's how everyone is and it's just kind of like I think it's gonna resonate with a lot of people and I think a lot of people are gonna like it but it's gonna be like it's kind of just like wow I really like this movie because it's like it's so unique or some of that right but the story has kind of already been told and I, I feel like it's already been done. It's just kind of like repurposed for a younger audience. It kind of felt like when Justin Bieber was fav- famous and then he played with Paul McCartney and everyone was like, wow, I can't believe, you know, Justin Bieber is is giving a chance to this old guy. And everyone like it's like, no, he's like a legend. So I, I kind of feels like that where everyone's be like these new movies that are kind of targeted at a younger audience the younger audience are going to be like, wow, this movie's so great. It's so unique. But little do they know that it kind of harkens back to all these other movies that clearly it was inspired by, which I think do a great job, if not even a better one. And I kind of feel like there's going to be a disconnect with that's kind of like my take on it. I feel like it's it's more of a like it's a whodunit, um, which is what it's kind of referencing is a bunch of whodunits, I think, and a and also a sort of really interesting discussion of privilege, class, gender, race, sexuality. There's a lot of things that I think are going on in the background that I found particularly enjoyable and interesting. And then the yeah, I, I do think it's sort of like a a rehashing of a whodunit but for the chronically online folks. I don't think it necessarily has to be somebody who is young because I, I, I don't think you or, or some of, many of the, the people who are in our age group necessarily fit this mold, but it's just choosing to like spe- specifically talk about the chronically online people mm-hmm. of our generation. <laughs> Yeah. And and their self-destructive qualities in particular. Mm-hmm. So they, I guess to spoil it. Yeah, yeah. Or do you want to hold out? To, to spoiler? I guess that... Aren't we already in the spoiler? We, we, already, we, we already spoiled a lot of it, so I mean... Alrighty. But to spoil it, they all end up basically killing each other and the first death that causes the the pandemonium uh was actually just an accident a tiktok accident a self-destructive self-on caused by uh what's his face's character pete davidson (laughs) pete davidson's character yeah and i guess what i guess the my theory or my idea behind it was like okay they are all like drunk and High. high off their mind and then someone died after playing a game similar to werewolf or among us where they you know have to there's a murder and they have to figure out who who the murderer was and then you know someone dies and they're like automatically assume that someone killed them mm-hmm. and then in if you played among us then maybe this will make sense i don't know if you played among us or not i did i love killing my friends so it in the game, you can vote people off, right? And you can kill them. Yeah. That definitely does happen in this, too, where they're like, oh, it's definitely this person, and then things escalate, and they accidentally kill them. That's 
that's kind of how two of the deaths happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, then I forget how other people died. One person like slipped accidentally. They never are. Well, she- we can go in order. So Pete Davidson slashes his own throat. And then the Russian girl um, bashes the vet, veterinarian vet. Key information there. Veterinarian vet over the head and crushes his skull. Then the, the, the girlfriend. Emily, to- Emily is her character's name. Played by Chase, Chase Sui Wonders is... She ends up just accidentally falling down some stairs and smashing her own skull in. And then Rachel Sennett's character gets shot. And then Myhaya Harold gets... Thrown off the stairs. Thrown off the stairs, yep. And then that's everybody that dies. Yeah, so pretty much the two main characters who you start off with, you end with. Which I kind of also did like the parallel of like starting the movie with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and ending with them. And then ending with them. And then I think Max is the one that comes back and finds them. Yeah, I really... Because so... And I think before the movie started, I mentioned the the film The Invitation, like the Mm -hmm. 2005 film. I really liked that. That was a really good film. I really enjoyed it. And I just... They did a similar thing where they're like, well, where's our friend? Our friend's supposed to be here. Like, you must have killed him or some of that. And then he just shows up and he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't have any Wi-Fi or some of that. I couldn't get it. I thought that that was going to happen. And then that was going to be like an extra person that was going to end up dying or some of that um but Got it. it was kind of like a more of like a throwaway joke at the end where he just shows up and he just sees everyone dead and he's just like what happened here the ending is really funny i really enjoy the ending because <laughs> it just it puts everything into perspective perfectly it kind of does see again i'm gonna be agreeing with you because i think it does a good job in a lot of things it does but i don't know i'm just kind of begrudgingly just not want to go along for it but i I think yeah sorry just because i want to say that you had a good point like because you see literally like all the drugs all the alcohol and like all the craziness and then it's just like once literally the storm has passed and all this craziness this crazy energy has dissipated you kind of just are left with this calmness and you just kind of can clearly see exactly the whole picture and it's just like oh of course that that is honestly the most likely scenario for a lot of these things but because of this like the cloudiness throughout the film with even within the characters minds it just you kind of just like oh okay like in the moment they just kind of jump to conclusions so it's kind of it is a a good ending and i kind of did like that too well it's, it's making fun of i think the culture especially the internet culture right now of uh it's got slightly political reactionary reactionary politics where everything is just a reaction to a reaction to a reaction so you see a dead person, you immediately assume there's a killer, and then you immediately start pointing fingers at each other instead of, you know, just calmly assessing the situation mm-hmm. and figuring out anything, any yeah. any kind of helpful information whatsoever. That never happens throughout the course of this movie. And it's literally, they needed one piece of information and they could have cleared up everything. Where is his cell phone? Yeah, that's true. And I, you're right, because throughout the entire film, they're always just like, oh, you didn't say this. And then they all kind of just like, yeah, that's right. And they all kind of turn on that person immediately without ever thinking about it. Mm-hmm. About the cell phone, too, because this is something that initially was kind of irritating me about the cinematography of the film, is that much of this film is lit almost exclusively by cell phone light, mm-hmm. cell phone flashlight. And um, it made for slightly a jarring visual experience because you just have like bright flashes happening and you have lots of unclear movement and you can't quite see who is who 
a lot of the time. Uh, but then I realized that really all the focus was on the cell phones and it was just a big fuck you <laughs> to the audience because that's what you're talking about is the cell phones. The cell phones are important. <laughs> That's all these people care about. That's why they're holding on to them for dear life. They are literally tethered. The, the, the Russian girl is literally tethered to it with a string around her neck. That's true. That's all good points. Yeah. It, I think it is a really interesting dissection of, of the internet age in a whodunit format. And I think it's pretty stylish, generally speaking. I think it's well made. And you know the best part about it? It's an hour and a half long. <laughs> That is true. I do like it. I don't, again, all these points are great. Uh, and I do appreciate that it, especially coming off of last week watching Bullet Train, just which felt like too long. Mm -hmm. I think this was paced really well and it did feel, even after the end of the, the end of the hour and a half, I was like, oh, it, it feels actually almost longer than it because it kind of, you kind of are in the, like you escaped from it a little bit where you're like, how long has it been? I'm not really sure. Oh, it's only been an hour and a half. Oh, this feels like a good amount of time. This is where it should end. So it, I will say that that is a good point for it as well. But like, I, I mean, obviously it just isn't to your taste, which is fine. You don't have yeah. to like every movie. I mean, this, this podcast is definitely opinionated. Our ranking system is on our favorite concessions. So, I mean, obviously exactly. it's, an, it's an opinion, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really well done. I think the writing is great. The direction, is great. I think also Pete Davidson, even though he's not in the film for long, are some of the funniest moments as well. Oh, he's the only one that's like an actual comic. True. Um, I wonder, how, I wonder what, how much like say he had in the script or, or those things. Because... I doubt very much. He was just kind of a perfect fit for that role though. It's like perfect fuck boy. Yeah, I guess so. I, I'm he, sure he, he fucks. Like, that's that's his whole character is he fucks. Yeah, that's what he says. I will uh, say uh, of the of the cast, I think the standout for me is Rachel Sennett, who played um, I can't remember her character. Alice. 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 Yeah, she plays Alice, and she's been one that I've been really interested in recently because she had another movie that was also really interesting called Shiva Baby earlier this year, maybe last year, not entirely sure. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. And it was another like kind of millennial female coming of age story of sorts. Uh-huh. And she plays these characters just so believably, but also with such like perfect wit about them. Like mm -hmm. not that her character knows, it's it's like the perfect dry pen impression of a millennial. Mm -hmm. and a Gen Z internet person. Gotcha. I haven't watched it, so I can't really I say much I don't think Shiva Baby's a great movie, but she is great in it. Gotcha. Okay. I, I will say that uh, apart from Pete Davidson, I cannot say I know any of the actors. I think most people probably You don't probably know Amanda Stenberg? She's I... Rue from The Hunger Games. <laughs> she was like a little girl. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. I think. So, yeah, honestly, I don't know who any of the characters, uh, the actors are. I recognized uh, Chase Suey Wonders, but I cannot place it as to where. I'm not sure where I saw her, but I recognize her from something. What else has she been in? Uh, I'm looking at her right now, but I don't know any of these, so I can't help you. Nasty. Let's see here. Oh, Generation. She was great in Generation. Yeah. Uh, Generation was like a, a euphoria knockoff. I see. Okay. So I guess... Stepping aside from characters and story, technically, I think it, you know, it felt like kind of low budget. Um, it's like all one location. Well made low budget, though. There's a distinction. 
True, true. Well made. It's a nice location. It's nicely designed. Yeah, I mean, there's like not really much visual effects. There's not really much uh, going on. But I guess it does. If it doesn't really need it, I think like a lot of who's you, who who done it who who done it. Yeah, are you know not really. You don't need that much going on for it. I mean, even I mean, uh, going back to Among Us, that shows maybe shows you the same thing, right? Because. It's like a small two-bit game. The tension game. is there. Yeah, you don't need much who's for the gonna tension. Who's going to die next and who is the killer? That that double punch of, of tension keeps you engaged no matter what's on screen. Mm-hmm. I will say, as far as whodunits go, this is a lot more naturalistic than your average whodunit. Like, very often whodunits are incredibly campy. Like, even if you think of, like, contemporary whodunits, like um, Ryan Johnson, he made... Knives uh, Out. Knives Out, which is incredibly campy um, mm-hmm. and has lots of set pieces and, and big production value. Whereas this one is just, like, they literally just found a rich person's home and filmed inside of it. And hi- hired Pete Davidson for a day. Yeah. And then... Like, this this literally could have been shot over a weekend. It could have. And I think it's also a great COVID film. Yeah. Because I'm sure that they could have had, like... You know what was really great about it? it I think it probably was shot or mm-hmm. under COVID restrictions, but they, they didn't <laughs> say that they were all clustering there for COVID reasons. So you don't really think about COVID. Yeah, actually, that would have been an interesting... <laughs> addition they could have just added it to it that would have um, made it very much like the decameron the decameron is about a bunch of very wealthy people who escape to a villa to escape the black plague uh-huh <laughs> interesting okay i will say like the the likability of the characters i wonder if that's what you're reacting to because that's one of the, the things that is kind of notable about this too is that we don't have a detective character that we're like rooting for and everyone is awful <laughs> Like there, that's why I, I think it's more of a juvenilian satire is because it's really an angry caricature of millenn- young millennial, older Gen Z, uh, internet age folks. Possibly. Also, like, why is it, or not that I'm like against it, but just like, it seems like a theme with like these stories that the like foreigner who is like down and needs help kind of is the hero kind of character. That's interesting. Because like Knives Out also... Ha- had like Anadarmus as like the foreigner who is trying to work a lot to pay for her mom and and take care of her family is kind of the hero character in that in that story as well like and then the character in this one is like the Russian girl who had to drop out of college to take care of her mom also Lee Pace's much older character I think is a bit of a doesn't fall for like uh Pete Davidson's toxic masculinity trap early on. He gives himself away, steps away, you know, doesn't get angry, doesn't start a fight. He's actually, throughout the entire thing, he handles everything much better than everyone else. Yeah. You know. Sadly, he he gets murdered. Yeah, he gets murdered. I think it's because they're outsiders. I think that's the reason. Mm. Because the rest of these people are Americans. And they are very wealthy, upper class, all of them. Even they make a joke of it, the poorest person outside of uh, the Russian girl is uh, the upper middle class daughter of two public school teachers or something. Yeah. (laughs) Public school professors, public university professors. Mm -hmm. But Big distinction there. Yeah, maybe that is what it is. I think like none of the characters were relatable. I maybe I'm also maybe not like a huge even though I'm in tech or kind of like I'm in film so like 
maybe I should be in tech more or like on social media. I think I'm just not as much. On, I think in you're that. just well adjusted. <laughs> Possibly, because like also like I don't know. And besides that, I just think that none of the characters. Yeah, like you're saying. Besides, I forgot the character's name, but the old the old guy, the vet, Lee Pace. Um, that's the actor. Like beside like besides him, like everyone wasn't really like I couldn't really root for him. Even the main character, like she just doesn't really do anything besides the end being like, oh, actually, you should care for me because I you know take care of my mom and I'm trying to make people to like me kind of thing Mm -hmm. but like i don't know throughout the film i think like she doesn't necessarily do anything more or less to make you like want to like her and the only thing she does that kind of doesn't really help it either is she does kill the one character that is kind of the most sane one so uh and then she does that whole like putting on rich people clothes and putting on makeup and stuff like that which is kind of like a that was a weird moment i i don't know if that was just like her i think it was like her trying to be a part of this rich crowd in a way or something like that. that's like my take on it oh interesting but i i it could be that i i I, I, th- I don't know i took it as like like this is her trying to get to like a normal place after such a horrific thing happened possibly but i have no idea I don't know what the purpose of that was entirely, but I think it was overall, yeah. I, I think there are no there are no likable characters in this film, which I think is actually interesting because I think there is a often a, a, a very Hollywood feeling that you have to have at least one likable character for the audience to root for, which is why so many, you know, very basic Hollywood films are, have the one likable character that has no real flaws. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I think, is... It, very entertaining throughout the whole movie and still manages to not have anyone who's very likable. I will say also it is more grounded and it feels more realistic because of that and it also gives you doubt for all characters because you're like, oh, it could be her, it could be her because none of them are perfect and they're all kind of have their own flaws, right? Mm-hmm. So at all at every point you kind of also fall into that like initial instinct they have of like oh let's say that let's point out her flaw it must be her and then it's like oh maybe it is her you're thinking and then it's they you know someone else dies and then something else happens and you think of something else someone else as the the culprit um yeah overall it did a good job it wasn't a bad film i would say at all it just wasn't your taste yes i would still say that so overall i guess that's pretty much what we thought Let's go into our concession impression, concession pick. Yes, our, I called it something, a proprietary snack metric rating system. Okay, our snack system. <laughs> yeah. Our, okay. Our smurfer. <laughs> yes. Well, things are going better next time, I guess. So, again, worse rankings, raisinets, hot dogs, good rankings, uh, popcorn, the best is peanut M&M. Where would you go... Along that, should I start or do you want to? I think I always ask you first. I'm going to say for the first time that this is a popcorn flick for me. Snaps. Um, I think it's good. I think it's versatile. I think it's going to be pleasing to a majority of people. And I think I do agree with you that I think a lot of people will enjoy it and it's going to be a big film this year. Did uh, you give nope a popcorn? No, I gave popcorn. I gave a uh, nope and peanut and M&M. Oh, that's right. 
which after watching the second time and actually thinking about it more, it's kind of on the border of popcorn and peanut M&Ms for me, um, kind of leaning towards more the popcorn flick now. But that's not the point of the show. This show is immediate impressions. Bodies, bodies, bodies is um, a popcorn film for Michelangelo. Yes, it is a popcorn film for me. It, it's a good film. Uh, again, popcorn is a good review. So it's satisfying. I, I will say it's a good film. And I'm going to say I'm sticking with it. And then it's that it gets a popcorn review. Nice. Chase, what's your what's your concession impression? I think for the first time, Whoa. this is a peanut M&M film for me. Whoa. Because I think it's pretty well made. And I think it's brilliant in the script department. And I think it's acted well. There are some standout performances. And I think it's only going to get better with age because I could see myself 10 years from now or even you 10 years from now watching this film and being like, oh, yeah, that was totally us back then. We're so fucking dumb. Honestly, though, when they were talking about the podcast thing for a while, I was like slightly cringing. I was like, ooh, that's literally us. That might be the real thing is that you don't like cringe comedy. I do. I love cringe comedy. Maybe, I don't know. Like, you cringe and you get really uncomfortable. I cringe and I just, like, sit there and then bast in it because that's my life. But, <laughs> I don't anyway. Know. Maybe it was too too real for me. Like, an too awakening real. of just, like, is this what I've become? This is what we all have become. So, but nice. I'm, you know, I, I ate my own words because last week I said you only give popcorn as a, <laughs> as, a as an answer. So, uh, I mean, we're only three episodes in. So, we'll see. Yeah, but um, can't wait to give my first raisinette. I, I actually am pretty excited. I think we'll make a big, big event out of it. Maybe if we we have to stop. See, this is the problem: is I'm I've only picked movies for a schedule that I like and know I'm going to enjoy. We just pick out the new films. Is that now how we're doing this? Well, we didn't see like Vengeance this weekend, or Prey this weekend, or a bunch of other films. Like, what's the one with Idris Elba where he's battling a fucking lion? A CGI lion. Oh, yeah. Like, we didn't pick those. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we can only pick so many films in a week. I so. picked the best one of the week. All right, well... Eventually, we'll have a bad week. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm just choosing randomly at this point. There's not really... Other than Nope and um, Dragon Ball, I guess, I guess there's not really a film that I'm particularly looking forward to or interested about. There's a few, actually, that are coming up that I think we could give some spicy, some spicy takes on. Cool. Well... Any last comments uh, about the film? I think maybe I will have to rewatch it and maybe over a course of a few viewings or a few years, my uh, impression will become peanut M&M's. But currently uh, we got a popcorn and peanut M&M's together, even a better better concession, I would say. So that would be a nice mix. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had it before? No. It's a a good thing. Nice. I I actually, um, it's because of, I believe, Mr. Robot, that was like in the show. That's like they talk about it, and he, when he has a kid, he always has peanut M and M's. I think or just M and M's in his popcorn. And people say like that's a great. That's the origin snack. of our our podcast. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I think. So last word. Last words. I uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. It's it's a living. <laughs> it's a living. Uh, it's a. They're dead. They're all dead. So it's not a living. <laughs> They're okay. Well, I don't know. Go watch the film and just whatever. Just you know, Twitter, tweet about it and TikTok about it. Do what you do, millennials. Even though I'm one of them. 
even though I'm a part of this group, I am I a part of this group? I don't even know. How old are you? 27. Yeah, you're, you're like a young millennial. Mm-hmm. Like we're kind of on the cusp, and you know why? Why choose? You know, let's be both. Yeah. Well, that's all we got this week. Uh, that's our concession impression on the film. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Out now. Out later. It's out. The bodies are everywhere. And it's an A24 film, so you'll know there'll be tons of people repping it constantly, obnoxiously, forever. Yep. <laughs> well, we hope you like our review. See you next week with another concession impression. I will have one. I do have one last thing to say. Okay. What's that? If you want to hate watch this, you are totally welcome. Please hate watch our podcast over and over again. Oh, our podcast? Not Buddies, Buddies, Buddies? No, our podcast. Listen to it, you know. Download Masturbate to it. Yep. <laughs> whatever you whatever you want to do to it, uh, as long as you're playing it. Don't do that one. Play actually. it in the background constantly. Yeah. Oh, you're an alarm clock. That too. That's what I that that sounds like a good idea. Not the first thing you said. That's, <laughs> that was the second thing I said. Alright, don't do the second thing Chase said, but everything else, sure. Alright guys, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Concession Impressions. The show is hosted and produced by Charles Helbeck and myself, Michelangelo White. Music in this episode was created by Joe Part. The show logo and editing was done by the marvelously talented Yumi White. And I don't know, um, I'm still kind of on the fence for this one. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Um, We also have a Twitter now, so please tweet us your thoughts on this film. Our Twitter is at filmcookbook. I'm curious, just... Tell me what your thoughts are. Am I crazy? Is 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 Chase right? Um, yeah. Or just you know, tell me what your concession impression is. All right, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you next Friday with another concession impression. And that's all today. Bye.